You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with Joey Tempest, who was the main man, the key songwriter, the fella at the middle of a band from Europe, ironically called Europe. We all know them. The reason for the conversation is to promote their upcoming Australian tour, occurring through May. I'll read out some dates. Wednesday the 16th, they're playing Perth. Friday the 18th, they're playing Adelaide. Saturday the 19th, they're playing Melbourne. Tuesday the 22nd, they're playing Sydney. And finally, Wednesday the 23rd, they are playing Brisbane. Let's hear what Joey has to say. Here we go. No worries. All right. Take care. Hi, Andrew. Cheers, Joey Bye. here. How are you doing? I'm very good. Made all the better for talking to you. You're, you're one of those uh, yeah. fellas in a band who uh, whose music I must have listened to, well, partic- one track in particular, as I'm sure you've been given a lot of feedback on that, but for the better part of close to 35 yeah. years or thereabouts or something like that now. So it's always a thrill to talk to somebody who's had quite a lot to say in terms of my own musical influence. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, cool. Cool. So, mate, you're coming down to Australia finally after all of these years, so you've probably got this question a lot as well. How come it's taking you so long to come down? Yeah, we, we asked ourselves that, actually. We, we, do, we have a vague memory of our management trying to book something in, uh, in the 80s, it didn't materialize. I've been trying to find out why, uh, but ever since then, we've been trying to get back to Australia. The new management we've had now for five years, they are, they are been pushing much harder for, for this, and we're so pleased that we finally can come down there. We've been trying quite a few times, but it's also, you know how it is, trying to find the uh, promoter yeah, there that would really go for it. And But now we've, we have people there, and <clears throat> actually through the years, we've known... We've worked with some people that grew up in Australia, and they've told us, you've got great fans over there, you should try to get there. And, and, and we've also noticed on social media, obviously, mm. um, that we have a great number of fans there. So this is a big moment. It's the highlight of the year for us. Van and the crew, Wonderful. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. Okay, well, we are looking forward to, the, uh, to your trip coming down. I was actually talking to a fellow who's very familiar with your music, what you've done, of course, through the, through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, and including your solo work down at Download Festival in Melbourne, and he was ecstatic that you guys are coming down. So you're bang on point, mate. There are some very big fans of the band's music, of the band's catalogue, I should say, waiting for you. So there should be a lot of very appreciative punters in the audience when you perform. Yes, yes. We're going to be very excited to be there as well and presenting an interesting show because it's kind of of different for us. We haven't been there, but it's still a country that is very familiar with our catalogue. So... Hmm. It's uh, it's going to be uh, challenging and interesting to put this, this together. So what sort of show will you be bringing down? Is it a show that you've done elsewhere before or is it something that's specifically designed for the Australian fans? We're going to design it. It's going to be a little bit different from what we do normally. I mean, we tour a lot. and uh, But this time we felt like trying to do over two hours to start with and try and maybe even separate and have a little break in the middle so you can mm. feel like you're doing a new start. And oh, yeah. Also, we wanted to maybe... Also, maybe bring some features to show the band members. I mean, John Norum, I mean, for the fans, John Norum, the legend, I saw him first time when I was 15. He was 14, and we started Force together. Hmm. Him just coming to Australia is a huge thing. I mean, to see him play, <laughs> I mean, he's just astonishing. So we're going to try to put in some features um, where, you know, other things and songs as well. But other than that, we're going to maybe walk the earth. We'll get three songs in there and then War Kings and Bag of Bones and Last of Good Eden, a few songs from those. Excellent. But the big songs, of course, from the 80s and then maybe even go back to the first and second album, do some early stuff. Mm. 
So it'll be a big span, you know, great music, great features. And uh, yeah, we wanted to make it special. So this will be a little designed for, for Australia. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Now, it'd be remiss of me not to talk about one of the biggest songs of all time, which is, of course, The Final Countdown. And look, the role that it played in my life, and I've got to tell you this, it was actually the song that got me into hard rock and heavy metal, because as a very young fella back then, I was about eight or nine when it was released, it was, it came out on a compilation album in Australia. I was too young to buy records back then myself, or or cassettes, but there was, I don't know whether you've been given this feedback so far with the interviews that you've done, but... There was a compilation released in Australia. It came out every year. It was called Smash Hits and then the year. And, and your track was on something called Smash Hits 87. Now, there was Kylie Minogue, yeah. Shantuzis. There are all sorts of other artists on there. But, you know, your track reached iconic status, I think, because of that compilation album, mate. It was played at barbecues, family barbecues, occasions. You go to the roller okay. rink, you know, there's the ice skating rink yeah, or the yeah, roller sure. rink. It was played there over the speakers. And I remember every time your track came on, my mates and I would look at each other and go, yes, this is our track. It's coming uh, on. Cool. So it's such a... I mean, how does it feel to have written a song that is, is it's such a integral part to people, their memories, you know, their childhood, their teenage years? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it was it was on our third album, but I wrote it um, quite early, in, still in uh, uh, when we were the band was before we started recording. The the the, the actual riff was done when I was still a teenager. Um, hmm. When we recorded it, we knew it was special. It was it was the the opening track of the third album, and we felt this is like oh like six minutes long. It's you know. We don't know what it's going to be, but we feel it's a feeling. It's like a soundtrack. It feels great. Um, but then it was just left like that, and we started touring, and we started doing other, other albums. But then we realized this song has um, sort of got a life of its own. It's out there doing its thing. And um, But we still love playing it live, and, and it's part of our... Mm. Uh, it's part of our live set. I mean, we don't listen to it at home or or rehearse it. We don't need to rehearse it. I mean, but but we yeah. we do enjoy playing it live. We do enjoy playing that song live together with you know songs like Walk the Night, Superstitious, and so there are some some songs from the early period of the band that we really really enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes you know you have to pinch your arm because you're a young boy. You you come up with a riff, and you sit late one night with a keyboard and you come up with a riff, yes, and then yes. you, you do a demo. You do a demo and then you record it with the band. And then years, years later, you and me are talking about it. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing, you know. It's, it's, sometimes I just, like, how did that happen? Because it was just a feeling. It was just just an album track. It wasn't meant mm. as anything else than a sort of uh, a sort of avant-garde kind of different album track. You know, that, that's what it was meant to oh, be. Oh, really? Okay, so it's, it's like an accidental hit, so to speak. It's something that took on a life of its own. No, it was never... We didn't think it would be... I mean, we loved it, and I loved that the, even the demo was... It was amazing, but it was like a soundtrack and a journey, but it didn't feel like one of those three-minute pop songs. It was different, you know? It was mm. So we, we thought it would be a great live track. We thought it would be, you know, one of those classic album songs you know that 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 we yeah. all know you know yeah i know exactly what you're yeah. saying yeah and you mentioned that that keyboard yeah. riff that's it's as iconic as the song itself and again i'm a, being a, a musician as i was i used to play clarinet back in the day but of course we had access to uh, electronic keyboards casio or kurzweil electronic keyboards and that was a riff we all tried to play as kids and as young teenagers wasn't it i mean that was a riff that <laughs> yeah. if you could if you could do that you yeah. could at least play you know a cool track yeah that's it that's it no, it's it's uh, it's become um, 
it's become an imprint, you know. It's people yeah. seem to know it everywhere. That's pretty cool. So you, I mean, we, we've just spent you know five or so minutes talking about the track, and and you know rightly so because it's had such a as I've pointed out a massive impact on us here in Australia. You know, if you were growing up through the eighties and early part of the nineties, but you have you've released a lot of music yourself. You've had solo albums. There's been a lot of albums with Europe. What are you most proud of out of that that enormous catalogue of work that you do have out in the market? Well, it's it's kind of cliche, but but the last two or three albums, we we just won a Grammy for Walk the Earth, and we've never won a Grammy before, oh, wow. not even okay. for my solo stuff. So this, we won a Grammy in Sweden, and and we won some other awards, and we have a review in Classic Rock magazine, which is the biggest magazine in the world, saying this mm. is probably their best album. So I, but it's not only that; it's the fact that we can still the eleventh, tenth, and eleventh album. We we produce these kind of organic, kind of the purplish great rock yeah. albums you know yeah. they're not they're not overworked they're just a feeling and and we're trying to stretch we're trying to learn about equipment trying to learn about songwriting and expression and work with the best studios best engineers best producers we're becoming nerdy in the studio with the sound <laughs> it needs to be organic it needs to be dynamic yep. so I'm proud of us that we're still here I think well I'm most proud of that we're here we're, we're talking to to great we're getting great reviews and we're talking to people that accept us as a band today as well as yeah. in, in the 80s and 90s i think that's there's so few bands original lineup in 2018 getting good reviews winning grammys and doing touring around the world and in an original lineup so i mean i don't know if there are any other cases so a there will be a lot of reunion tours and stuff but we've been yeah. back for 11 years 11 years with, with six the original albums. lineup, so yeah. We've been together, yeah. We've been together longer the second period than the first period. So those things that makes me very proud. I think there's only yourselves and Aerosmith. Or I don't think Aerosmith have had a change in membership yeah. either, but that's that'd be about it. No, no, you're right. Yeah, that'd yeah. be about it. Sorry, it. my daughter's just come and asked me to turn on her iPad again, so two seconds. Apologies, mate. Gosh, dad life, you know how it is. I'm sure you've got kids, you know. There you go. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> told them not to disturb yeah. me, but my wife's out playing sport at the moment. So sorry, I digress. Um, oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. Well, yeah. I've got oh, one yeah. boy. One, one boy is in school now, and the little boy is here at home, and uh, my 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 wife's here as well. So, but I'm oh, going wonderful. over to Sweden now uh, tomorrow, and we're starting yep. rehearse. We're going to rehearse a couple of days now, and getting ready for Australia to do the, the set list. So we're meeting the crew and the band, and everybody's mm. putting the set list together the next coming days. So. Oh, we Okay. So you live in uh, London these days, I understand. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah absolutely. What, what, for many, many years. Yeah. So what inspired the? Is it? Is it yeah, the commerce of music? Did that inspire the move? Because Sweden is an extraordinarily rich and fertile ground for rock and roll and, and heavy metal. I, rec- I reckon I've done over three hundred interviews, and I, I think about sixty of those interviews would have been with artists that originate in Sweden. Yeah, absolutely. Sweden is very interesting as far as music, songwriting, uh, expression, uh, you know, rehearsing, doing great rock albums. But but ever since I went to London, the first time I came down, I was about 12 or 13 with my parents. Um, I was hooked already then. But Hmm. then I moved to London in the uh, late 80s. And I stayed here for a while. Uh, and I lived in various places since then, in Ireland, in the Caribbean. And oh, wow. Okay. I've been a world yeah. traveler, really. I have been a world traveler mm. for 25 years, 20, 30 years, maybe. 
but London always kept me coming back. I always kept coming back to London, and also I met my uh, my now wife. We've been married. We've been together since '92. We've been together a long, long wow. time. And, uh, <laughs> long time. Uh, we got married in 2000, and, and and we got married in 2000 when when I moved here permanently to, to London, and hmm. so it's just my home now. And and my boys are born here, and um, you know how it is with big cities or, or places. Yeah, You're there yeah. for two or three, four or five years. You two. It becomes your roots, and yeah. but I do love it here. It gives me a lot of inspiration, and I, I'm very proud every time I bring the boys over for a tour in the UK. And also, we recorded in the UK the last album in Abbey Road. I managed to get them oh, over wow. there. The last time yeah. we recorded in the UK before that was Out of This World in '88. So we haven't recorded in the UK for all this time. So yeah, uh, it, it's just my home now, and, and I've been here a long, long time. Mm. Yeah, okay, and I, I'm going to put something to you. A band that I would love to see you tour with, if it could ever be arranged, it'd be a very diverse tour, but there are, there are Swedish icons like yourself, Candlemas. I reckon that'd be a brilliant one-two punch, and I've spoken yeah. to Leif a couple of times. He's a champ, like you, mate. He's a very easy to talk to. I'd love to see that tour go ahead. Yeah, we know Leif, because he grew up in Uplandsvesby. He grew up in the same... Uh, suburb as we did right. so we yep. followed him he played in various bands and we followed Candlemas and I'm, I just met the guitar player the other day he came to see us in, in, in Sweden when we played uh, before Christmas mm. um, we have good contact with Candlemas yeah, they're a great band an interesting band also other Swedish bands like Opus are very interesting I think and, oh um, brilliant there are, yeah. there are there are many bands, many bands from there. There's another one, and I, I know that Marcus Jadell is an excellent guitarist, has got a lot to do with Candlemas. I think it was announced yeah. that he was, yeah, Avatarium. I'd love to see Avatarium. Uh, just, I always think of bands that are on packages that I'd like to go and watch, and that'd be a, you know, Avatarium, uh, Candlemas, and you yes, know, exactly. a brilliant three, three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See if we can make that one happen. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to keep it in mind. <laughs> so, is there? You mentioned Opeth. There are, are there any? When I say newish bands, bands that have come out in the last sort of ten, fifteen years or so that have have actually spoken to you and said, "Look, we owe you a debt of gratitude because if it wasn't for Europe, we wouldn't be doing what we do." Well, there are there. There is. You must be familiar with it too. I mean, there is younger bands now that are doing some eighties influenced sounds. Um, you know, there's a Swedish band called Heat, and uh, yeah. there are other bands around the world. Obviously, um, it's kind of interesting because we, as a band, we've moved on and and express our music more organically in a different kind of way of recording and and sounding. But they are carrying the torch, if you like. You know, yeah. <laughs> they are kind of doing what we did then, and whereas we've moved on. But it's kind of interesting, you know, because we we are really really intrigued with bands like Rival Sons. When we heard when we okay. heard um, Pressure and Time, when we heard Pressure and Time, that song, we were like, holy smoke, this is how you record rock and roll. Who produced this? And it was Dave Cobb. So we called him up. Would you like to produce us? So the last two albums have been recorded, um, produced by Dave Cobb, who, who did Rival Sons, who always does Rival Sons. Dave Cobb always, obviously, produced uh, other stuff like Chris Stapleton and Jason Isbell and, and mm. Whiskey Myers and, and a lot of other stuff. He's won a couple of Grammys, but he likes working with us. I mean, we're very flattered that he wants to work with us. So we've done two albums with us, and uh, yeah, we, we try to keep our ear to the ground. What, what's what's working today for us, you know? Mm. Yeah, look, I, another band from uh, is a band from Finland who I think owe oh, you guys a debt of gratitude for their sound. That's Battle Beast. Um, Nora's their singer. She's she's a wonderful singer actually. But check them out if you yeah. have time. Oh, you might know them. Yeah, they're. Um, when I heard yeah. them, I thought I That's... know them a little bit. But uh, now that you mention it, I, I might check it a bit more. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. Uh, final question for you then. I mean, you've had an you've had a very successful career. It's been a long career, but what what would you say has been your biggest challenge across your career? Well, it's been a long career, and I like to say, um, there was an interesting challenge starting up again in two thousand and four. Um, we had we started John Norman started detuning his guitars, writing in a different way. It sounded darker. It sounded, and and that was kind of a new beginning. And um, when we we didn't know if we had that many fans, so there was so much interest. So we played Sweden Rock Festival, one of our first gigs, and uh, it was completely packed. And 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 we it sort of opened the future for us. And we thought, oh, wow, we, let's, now we do this long term. We can yeah. sort of make a new journey out of this. Um, that was challenged just um, before that. We were like, what's, we didn't know really, we were going to do it, but we didn't know with what kind of support. But it seemed like we had a lot of support. The last few years, um, record business have changed. So what we've done is we've... Um, emphasized on, on live performance and, and tried to make organic records and um, yeah it's it's not been a, we've always done we've always done exactly what we wanted to do so mm. it's not really we don't have to adapt really um, um, yeah you got your core group know, of fans and, and people also are very yeah. familiar with the bands yeah the material we got a core so we could tour we have a core but we also for some reason have managed like maybe some other bands haven't done the original lineup and we're still here and we got a new, younger audience in some countries, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, um, we play Sweden; it's kind of wow, this is amazing. It's like a generation. <laughs> so that's happening too. So there's a lot. There's a few things that's going on. Cool. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, if I can get away from the family, I'll <laughs> definitely be in the audience. Yeah. Um, when you play Brisbane, I hope on you Wednesday. will. It would be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, It'd thanks. Be great to see you there. Thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah. Thanks so much for making your music and appreciate the chat. All right. Thanks, Cheers, mate. mate. All okay. right. Take care. Bye. Bye. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with the frontman of the band Europe called Joey Tempest. Thank you so much for listening.